Welcome to another segment of Northwest Passages, the program that features passages from books with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Fur, and today we're continuing with Snow Falling on Cedars by David Gutterson, first published in 1995. This passage provides a little bit more context and background for the Japanese Americans in a fictional Northwest coastal town of Amity Harbor and their struggles in and out of internment camps during World War II. Here's Connie Fur reading from Snow Falling on Cedars. In 1921, the mill was dismantled. All of the island's trees had been fed to the saws so that San Pedro resembled a bald stump desert. The mill owners sold their holdings and left the island behind. The Japanese cleared strawberry fields, for strawberries grew well in San Pedro's climate and required little starting capital. All you needed, the saying went, was one horse, one plow, and a lot of children. Soon, some Japanese leased small plots of land and entered into business for themselves. Most, though, were contract farmers or sharecroppers who worked in fields owned by Hakujin. The law said they could not own land unless they became citizens. It also said they could not become citizens so long as they were Japanese. They saved their money in canning jars, then wrote home to their parents in Japan requesting wives be sent. Some lied and said they'd gotten rich or sent pictures of themselves as younger men. At any rate, wives came across the ocean. They lived in cedar slat huts lit by oil lamps and slept on straw-filled ticks. The wind blew in through the cracks in the walls. At five o'clock in the morning, bride and groom both could be found in the strawberry fields. In the fall, squatting between the rows, they pulled weeds or poured fertilizer out of buckets. They spread slug and weevil bait in April. They cut back the runners on the yearlings first and then on the two- and three-year-old plants. They weeded and watched for fungus and spit bugs and for the mold that grew when it rained. In June, when the berries ripened, they took their caddies into the fields and began the task of picking. Canadian Indians came down each year to join them at working for the Hakujin. The Indians slept at the verges of fields or in old chicken houses or barns. Some worked in the strawberry cannery. They stayed for two months through raspberry season. Then they were gone again. For it, but for at least a solid month each summer, there were endless strawberries to pick. By an hour after dawn, the first flats were mounded over, and the foreman, a white man, stood writing Roman numerals in a black book beside the name of each picker. He sorted the berries in cedar bins while men from the packing company loaded them onto flatbed trucks. The pickers went on filling flats, squatting in the numbered rows. When the harvest was over in early July, they were given a day off for the strawberry festival. A young girl was crowned strawberry princess. The Hakujin put on a salmon bake. The volunteer fire department played a softball game against the Japanese community center team. The garden club displayed strawberries and fuchsia baskets, and the Chamber of Commerce awarded trophies for a float competition. In the dance pavilion at Westport Jensen, the night lanterns were kindled. Tourists from Seattle poured forth from the excursion steamers to perform the Svensapoka, the Rhinelander, the Schottisch, and the Hambone. Everybody came out, hay farmers, clerks, merchants, fishermen, crabbers, carpenters, loggers, net weavers, truck farmers, junk dealers, real estate brigands, hack poets, ministers, lawyers, sailors, squatters, millwrights, cedar rats, teamsters, plumbers, mushroom foragers, and holly pruners. 
That was Connie Furr reading from Snow Falling on Cedars by David Gutterson and published by Vintage Books Division of Random House. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Furr. Thanks for listening today. Northwest Passages is a KSQM Studios production.